0: What I want to do today is I want you to hear and listen. Hear, listen, believe. Hear, listen, believe. Okay. Now, the message that I'm giving you is going to take us to where we need to go. That's why I teach in Siri. That's why I say when you first hear something, you only got the first tape or you just got the first part of it. Now, I'm going to give you the totality of what I'm going to be doing. Uh, And then we're going to get into the Word. First thing I want you to write down is where we came from. We're going to liken this to coming out of Egypt. We came from, where we came from. If If you divide your page into three, put two lines in the middle of your page, you have three sections. The left section, which is the first section, you want to put down the word, center. Now, this is where we were. So you have to be able to put down where you were, where you are now, where you're going. So first, that's where we were. Now, in the middle, number two, the cross. See, that's number two. And then number three, we must find the tree of life. Let me say it again. Number one, we were sinners. All of us, Jews and Gentiles. But number two, God gave us the cross, and when He gave us the cross, He justified man. But man is still not back where God had wanted him to be. He only back where he was in the garden. He had been made right with God. So God wanting man now. Number three, you got to find the tree of life. Find the tree of life is going to be equal to you crossing the wilderness. That's why he gave you faith. That's how you're going to have to live. Why did he give you the faith? That's how you're going to have to live. See, faith is so you can believe his word. So for you to be able to get to the tree of life, he gave you faith, but that's how you're going to have to live. So these three words is what we're going to deal with. And I'm going to take you through these three words. I'm going to show you. It was just like you coming out of Egypt. Then second, it was the cross. It's what God justified man. But God wasn't finished with man. He justified man because he wants to give man eternal life. He wants to give man the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Christ. That's what he want to give man, the spirit of Christ. He wanted to give man the Holy Spirit so man could live holy. So for man to get from Egypt to the promised land, God gave him faith so he could live holy, so he can get across and around and through all of his obstacles and all of his enemies. So the enemy, not the enemy, because the enemy is already defeated, but the things of the flesh is to make sure you don't make it to the promised land. The things of the flesh is to make sure you don't find the tree of life. So you have to know you don't have the same enemy you had when you was in Egypt. When we was in Egypt, the enemy was Pharaoh and his army. It was Satan and his army. That's not your enemy no more. Your flesh is your enemy. The things you allow in your flesh is your enemy now. And their responsibility is to keep you from, when I say flesh, I mean old nature. But they'll carry it out in the flesh realm. And their responsibility is to keep you from what God has for your life. So let's set the stage. Number one, I said to you, eight reasons why God raised Jesus from the dead. Last week I told you, to deliver us from sin. We just saw that in 1 Corinthians 14, 17. That's why I said you can't believe a man when he tells you that I baptized you to wash away your sin. Because 1 Corinthians 14, 17, let's put that on the screen. 1 Corinthians 14, 17 told me that God raised Jesus from the dead. Watch what it says. 1 Corinthians 14, 17. For thou... Val- 1 Corinthians 14, 14 15 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I already gave it, I'm sorry, I made a mistake and said fourteen, but it's fifteen. Same chapter. First Corinthians fifteen, seventeen. Thank you. First Corinthians fifteen seventeen. Watch what it says. I just read it. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, and you are yet in your sins. So why did God raise Jesus from the dead? To deliver me from my sins. Romans 4, 25 in the good news. I've been reading out the NLT. Today we are reading out of the good news. Uh, Romans chapter 4 and verse 25. So do we, we have the word to tell you how God raised you from the dead. Why God, he did all of this. Remember, forced God's work to complete. But then now we have to, and we're going to do a teaching on this probably, and I, I'm hoping my wife would water this because she, she, she knows what I'm talking about. We have, we're going to have to work out our salvation. So God, Christ did everything so you can have it. But you got to get to the place you got to go, and that's the tree of life. Between that, you're going to have to see God do some work in us. All right. I gave you what verse? Romans 4.25. 4, it says, because of our sins, I'm reading out the good news, he was given over to die. He was raised to life in order to put us right with God. Everybody see that? I say he was raised to life to make us right with God. King James used the word to make us right or justify. So you have to know Christ did his part. So we are not living in a time where we're trying to get right church. Get right church. We're not trying to get right. We've been made righteous at the cross. Now I'm gonna begin to teach you Corinth. Now you're going to know why did God give us the book of Corinthians. The book of Corinthians is to teach you how to live. The book of Romans is to show you that you're saved and justified, made right with God. That's Romans. But now you get into Corinth, it's going to tell you how to live. And he's going to tell you you can't live that way and get into the kingdom. Let's give you a little glimpse of that before we get any further. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15, and let's go over and look at verse number 50, and watch what they're going to say. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15, 50. We're reading out of King James until I say differently. We write in 1 Corinthians 15. Look, Look at verse number 50. In 1 Corinthians 15 and verse number 50, and this I say, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. He let you know everybody have to change. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, for the trumpet shall sound, it's going to be at the last trump, I'm sorry. For the trumpet shall sound, the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. Now why is he doing this? Because he's letting you know you can't enter into the kingdom until you're changed. Now God has already saved you and made you righteous. But you cannot keep the things of the flesh. So we're going we're gonna to go, go and look at these things that Jesus talked about. Remember, I want, I, want, I want someone to find this for me. Jesus talked about the eye of a needle. I want you to let me know where I start and where I'm going to have to end. All right. You can't go through the eye of a needle. Okay. It's hard for a rich man to into the kingdom. We'll go look at that next. All right. It's going to tell you why. Now, watch this. Watch what he says. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, the trumpet shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. This corruptible must put on incorruption. This martyr must put on immortality. For when this corruption hath put on... In corruption and this mortal have put on immortality, then shall be brought the path of saying that's written, "Death is swallowed up in victory." O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin; strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, be my brothers, be steadfast. Now he tell you, you have to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We got to now walk in the Spirit. We got to understand there's an enemy of the Spirit. Since we are in the Spirit now, Pharaoh is not my enemy. Do everybody understand that? Christ defeated the devil. We might as well get rid of that. We'll go to Hebrews chapter 2 and let's see that. Go to Hebrew chapter two. I'm, I'm headed to my message. Hebrew chapter number two. See, got, we got we to get over that. The, the devil already been defeated. He's not your problem. No devil telling you to get high and stay out half of the night and party. That's not the devil. That's your flesh. Hebrew chapter two. Come on, we're get, we getting real in here now. Hebrew chapter two. Remember, now we got to learn how to live. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14. So we have to understand the devil already been defeated. Here's another scripture. For as much then as the children are partaking flesh and blood, Christ also likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had passed him. The power of death, that is the devil. He had the power. All power has been given to Christ now, right? And then it says in verse fifteen, and delivered them who through a fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Verily, he took not on him the nature of angels; he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brothers, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make Reconciliation, there it is again, for the sins of the people. He made reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered. Being tempted, he is able now to secure them also that are tempted. All right. So let's let look at Matthew chapter nineteen, what verse I want. Matthew nineteen, sixteen. All right, Matthew 19, 16. All right, let's go there. Matthew chapter 19. We talk about the rich, the rich young ruler. I'm not going to be able to go down to verse 30. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm read enough to do it. All right, probably down to 26. But anyway, here we go. And behold, one came to him and said, Good master, what shall I do that I may... Have eternal life. He's actually he actually the good master. Good master, what, what must I do that I might have eternal life? He says, Why calleth thou me good? There's none good but God, but one, and that's God. But if you would enter into life, now remember he didn't talk about eternal life yet. Watch it, watch him. You have to watch the word life and eternal life. If you would enter into life, He asked, what must I do to have eternal life? So he told him, first got to get life. And that's going to be at the cross when Christ died. Remember, we are not at the cross yet. Everybody understand that Matthew was before the cross. Okay. And he said, why call thou me good? Verse 18, he said to him, which commandment should I keep? Jesus says, thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt commit no adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witnesses. On your father, on your mother, thou shalt love thy neighbor thyself the young man said to him oh he just thought he was in he said all these things have i kept for my youth oh uh, what like i yet jesus said to him if you will be perfect righteous go and sell all you have and give to the poor and thou shall have treasure in heaven and now come follow me now remember the men that were following him were righteous but they were not, they did not have eternal life. They were righteous because God chose them. Do everybody understand? He chose, hand pick twelve disciples. And one of them was the devil. But let me show you something. When I read today, for, when I read 1 John 3 today, I'm going to show you. He did not have eternal life abide in him. And I'm going to show you when when you can't live right you don't have the Holy Spirit in you because the purpose of the Holy Spirit in you is to make you holy that's why he called the Holy Spirit he makes your soul holy once he comes in he begins to change your life that's why Paul said he worketh in me mightily all right now watch what watch what we at here so this man said but when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Then said Jesus to the disciples, Verily I say to you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say to you, it's easier for a camera to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, when his disciples heard this, people he chose heard this, they said to Jesus, who then can be saved? Now remember, they hadn't got to the cross yet. Remember, Christ saved us at the cross. Now I got, I got to get you, you got to understand, there are some things in here you have to believe although your match of mind don't agree with it. God saved you at the cross. That's where your salvation took place at, for as God concerned. That's why Jesus called the savior, because he saved us from our sin, all right? So he saved us at the cross. Now, I'm showing you how to minister to a man or woman when they come to church. You may say, well, pastor, I've never been to church before. So that person do not know what God has done for them. But once they sit out on this ministry, they're going to begin to realize 2,000 years ago, God saved you. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I uh, me? Yeah. He saved you 2,000 years ago. See, the thing about it is you never showed up to get what God done for your life. Nobody ever told you. So if I go through everything, everything and never tell you what God did for your life, you're going to come to church, you're going to have a good time, you're going to clap, you're going to run across the pew, you're going to get out and dance, you're going home, you're never going to change. So my job is to tell you what God has done for you and then once you hear it and believe it, God will take you to the next step because what he want to give you is eternal life. So this man came to God, but watch what happened to him. Jesus said, sell all you have, give it to the poor, come follow me. Now, he didn't realize that what God has for him was more than he already had. You do understand that, right? So he had to turn his back on the natural things of this world. God wasn't trying to take his money. He loved his money. See, that's what this man was. It was a love of money. It was the root of all evil. So God knew he loved his money. And so when God talked to him that way, liked, like, well, no, no. You go ahead on, Jesus. I got mine. You just go ahead on. But see, God wanted him to come into the kingdom where he would have everything. And then he was trying to show him that the things you have is controlling you and you are not in control of them. Because if you were, you wouldn't have to worry about it. See, the Lord knew those things were controlling his life. But he still knows that he died for that man also. All right. So if he, the eye of a needle. Now, when you begin to see this, the kingdom of God is one lane. You remember God told you many, many there'll be, if you go to Matthew 7. You in Matthew, Matthew, let's go back. Man, I got to get to my message. i starts start out somewhere else. Matthew chapter 7. Let's go to verse 13. See, all of this has been taught by Christ. So you have to understand, you don't see many folk going your way if you're going the right way. So Matthew 7, 13 said, Enter you in the straight gate. Wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in that way. So many people are headed to destruction the, the wrong way because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which lead it to life. And few there be that find it. See, when you talk about eternal life, people is not going to want to, especially this rich man. He gave this man rich man. Let's go to, let's go to 1 John. 1 John chapter 2. In 1 John chapter number 2, as a matter of fact, let me give you you these. Go to 1 John 2. But in your notes, you ought to be able to show number one, eight reasons. The number one reason is to deliver us from our sin. Number two, I gave you this last week, to show and to prove Jesus to be the Son of God. So I'm not going to do 1 John 2 right now. Put that on the burner, verse 15, 16, 17. Put that on the burner. Let me go to Romans chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. So the second reason was to God to prove to us Jesus is the Son of God. Well, really it was to them that Jesus is the Son of God. So let's look at Romans. Let's look at Romans chapter 1. See, everything that God did when he raised Jesus from the dead, it was the proof. You remember when Jesus said, destroy this temple, in three days i raise it up. See, so the proof that he's the son of God was that God raised him from the dead. And you have to understand, if you understand what happened to Jesus, you know what happened to you. Because if just as sure as God raised Jesus from the dead, he raised you from the dead spiritually. He was raised from the dead twice. Spiritually and physically. Romans chapter one, verse one. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he has promised afore by the prophets in his holy scripture. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, here it is, which was made, of the seed of David according to the flesh. But watch this, watch this. But he was declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. So God proved his son was the son of God by raising him from the dead. So when, they, when Jesus was raised from the dead, everyone knew now. Remember Jesus told him, when I'm risen from the dead, then you will believe. Because you have, you, how can you doubt him when you see him when he's risen from the dead? All right, that was the second thing I gave you. The third thing I gave you was, God quicken us. God quicken us. Now, Last week, I didn't get a chance to do that. I'm going to go to Romans chapter number 6, and we're going to read from verse 3 to verse 6. Romans 6, why are you there? God quickened us. I showed you that in Ephesians 2.1. He quickened us. Let's do Ephesians 2.1 first so we can see it. Then we go to Romans chapter 6. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. I'm, I'm catching up, so I'm going to give you quite a bit to our catch up. Ephesians 2.1. Watch what it says. And you. Are you there? And you has he quickened. Now we know that word means made alive, right? That's the same thing, but when did he quicken us? At the cross. We were raised from the dead with Christ. And you has he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. So, the, the why was Jesus raised from the dead? That he might raise us from the dead. Why was Jesus raised from the dead? That he might quicken us, make us alive with Christ. See, we were made alive with Christ. See, you, you, you gotta see Jesus. Say, Jesus, Jesus. is my identity. my identity. Come on, say, Holy Spirit. Help me to understand that Jesus is my identity. Right. So what happened to Jesus? Whatever happened to Jesus happened to me. Whatever happened for Jesus happened for me. Right. So when God raised Jesus from the dead, he raised me from the dead. Because Jesus is my identity. I am the body of Christ. So his death, say his, death, his death, is death, is my death. Say his barrier, his barrier. is my barrier. My barrier. Say his resurrection, his resurrection, is my resurrection. Say his life, his life, is my life. All right, his life is my life. All right, so everything that happened to him happened to me. Everybody understand that? All right, now, if you, if you, if you look at him, you will see you. If you look at what happened to him, you'll know what happened to you. That's why you preach Christ. Because if I can learn about Christ, I know about me. All right. Now, I gave you that word quicken. So let's look at Romans chapter 6. So I gave you Ephesians chapter 2. Let me do it again. And you has he quickened who were dead and trespassing in trespassing and sin. How many know their spiritual resurrection? Amen. Can everybody see that? Because we were dead, but we weren't physically dead, were we? We were dead in what? Trespasses and sins, right? All right. So when God saved me, he raised me from the dead spiritually. He quickened me. He made me alive. Do you see that right there? Romans chapter number six. Let me show it to you again. That's why I said to the church, we all have a responsibility. You got a responsibility to the Word. I got a responsibility to the Word. My responsibility to the Word is to make sure I steady, stay in, the, stay in the face of God, make sure I get your message for you, which I'm going to do my part. I'm sold out in doing that. Your responsibility is to come, hear the Word, believe the Word, and then walk in it. That's what we move to. We, we're, not, we're not just here and believe it. Now we're going to do what? We're going to walk in it. So that's the third thing you want to add. Hear, believe, and walk in it. Now God's responsibility is to give you understanding. That's why every time I pray for you, I pray that God will give you understanding of the word. He has given you his wisdom. He's given you his knowledge. I want him to give you what? His understanding. I'm the one giving you the knowledge as I teach you. But he's already given it to us. But he gives it to me to teach you. So now you have to be able to understand the word. So that's why I don't pray anymore, help them to understand the word, because that's what the Holy Ghost's responsibility is in your life. I thank God for giving you understanding of the word. I'm already believing God. You understand his word. I'm already believing. That's my prayer to God for you every day. See, you have prayer for me, but I got, my job is to pray for you. We did a series of teaching uh, not long ago, and Paul prayed for the church. The church prayed for Paul. See, if you follow me, you'll know this is, I live what I teach. I'm not just telling you something. God teaching me how to be a pastor. All right. Now, Romans chapter 6, verse 3. Are we there? All right. Know ye not that so many of us, now we know he, King James used the word so many being modest, but he's talking about all of us. We were baptized into Jesus Christ, we were baptized into his death. The word baptized means put into. Therefore, since we've been put into his death, that means when he died, we died. Are, are we in agreement with that? Can we, go to, can we hold on right there? And let's show the people Galatians chapter 2 and we'll come back to Romans 6 and 3. Go to Galatia 2. I, some things I'm, I'm going to read, but I have to have you ready for them. So I'm going to go to Galatians chapter 2 and I'm going to read this to you. And I'm going to start reading verse 17. Galatians 2, 17. Now we're there, we're in the King James Version. All right? But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, justified means what? Made righteous. We ourselves also are found sinners. So what Paul is saying to the Jewish believer, if you want to be justified by Christ, you have to be a sinner. See, in this chapter, they they said it was Let me show it to you. Let's back up. Verse 15. Watch what Paul is going to say to them in verse 15. We who are Jews by nature, not sinners of the Gentiles. See, the Jews didn't think they were sinners. So let's go over to verse number 17 now. So he said to them, but if while we seek to be justified by Christ, if you want to be made righteous by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners. How can God justify you if you're not a sinner? See, they were law keepers. They thought they were justified by the law. So that's why he said, look, by the the law, no man is justified. That's that's the verse I started, verse 14. I didn't go back there for So he says, is Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. Oh, certainly not. Verse 18. If I build again a thing which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor i through the law am dead to the law that i may live under god let me say it again i through the law am dead to the law that i may live under god so if i'm not crucified with christ i can't live for god i am crucified with christ now i asked you earlier i showed you that that christ's death was our death would the word crucified mean dead Do you understand that? If I crucified you on that cross, I kill you. Okay. So don't let the word fool you. He says, I am crucified with Christ. What that mean? I'm dead with Christ. You're saying the same things, You've got to know what it means. I'm dead with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Can't you see? I'm dead with Christ, but nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved, passed him, loved me, and gave himself for me, I do not frustrate the grace of God. I do not reject or refuse the grace of God. For if righteousness came by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. See, he's talking to people who believe they are made righteous by the law. Now let's go back to Romans chapter number 6. And let's start reading with verse number 1. Romans 6 teach you that you are dead to sin. Romans chapter 7 teach you that you are dead to the law. All right. Romans 6 and 1. What? Shall we sin? I mean, wait a minute. Shall we say then? What? Shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? That grace may abound. God forbid. Certainly not. How shall we that are dead to sin Living any longer therein. See, if you dead, you dead to sin. If you really dead, you're dead to the law. All right, let's keep going. Now, verse 3. Know you not that so many of us were baptized or bear it, another word for baptized, put into, bear it, into Jesus Christ. We were put into Jesus Christ. We were baptized into his death. So God put us in Christ. That's why we are talked about in Christ. There's a the dead in Christ. There's a the resurrected in Christ. Verse 4. Therefore we are buried with him. Can you see that? We are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should now walk in the newness of life. Why? Because we've been raised from the dead with Christ. So you got to hear that. So I'm I'm dealing with not only, I'm dealing with three things. You got to hear, believe, and what? I just gave it to you. You got to write them down if you don't have it. You got to hear, believe, and walk now. I added one to your list. You got to hear believe and walk now watch what he says we are verse 4 once again therefore we are buried with him by baptism in the death like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father by the Holy Ghost even so also we shall now what walk in newness of life that's why if you've really been raised from the dead you ought to walk in the newness of life right See, you can't still walk in your old lifestyle and say, I've been raised from the dead. Because if you die, you're dead to sin. Now you live under God. See, I was dead to to sin. See, I was dead in sin. I'm alive to God. So that's how, if you've been raised from the dead, you can't keep doing what you did before you died. All right, verse number five. For if we have been planted, he's using the same word, but he's changing it. Plant it, bear it. If you plant some, what do you do? You bear it. If we have been planted together, buried together in the likeness of death. Listen, when God buried Jesus, he buried the old man. The old man Adam was buried. That was all of us. We were buried with him in the likeness of his death. We shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. So otherwise, if I really was buried with him in his death, I've been raised from the dead. Now, why am I not like him? What? Well, what is he like? Holy. You need to write that down. That's what he liked. He gave you the Holy Spirit so you can be holy. When when a person have the Holy Spirit, do not live holy, you grieve the Holy Spirit. I'm going to show it to you in Ephesians, I think it's chapter 4. Just jot that down because I'm not going there now. I'm going a long, long way around. All right, Romans chapter 6 and verse 6. Is everybody there? Romans 6 and 6. Man, this word is so good. Romans 6 and 6, knowing this, that our old man, somebody said, our old man. Now you're not talking about your husband. Hey, you're not talking about your husband, especially the one that you married to physically. You're talking about Adam. Come on, you're talking about your old nature, right? All right, come on. Say, our old man is crucified with Christ. Right, so when God crucified Christ on the death, he crucified Jesus too. Jesus is our old man. So you don't want to understand that. That's why Paul preached Christ. Jesus is the old man. He is the son of man. Christ is the son of God. So Jesus was crucified with Christ. That's why the Bible says, I am crucified with Christ. Because if Jesus was crucified with Christ, he is my identity. Christ is God's identity. I want you to just get it. Just let it pour in your spirit. So what God did to Jesus, it was for you. He took our sicknesses, our diseases, our pains, our grief, our sorrow. See, this is why it's so hard to receive healing, because Jesus took it for you. That's why you don't have to carry it no more. He carried our sin, carried our sorrow, our grief, our burden, our, our cross, everything. So you can be free to worship God. Come on, get the Lord a lot of big hand. You just got to understand that Jesus is my identity. Of, of the old man. Now Christ is my new identity. Said Jesus is my old identity. Christ is my new identity. Because I'm dead with Christ, I'm dead with one and I'm alive with the other. <laughs> this is this is good stuff. Just have to keep keep at it. Verse six again. We're in Romans six and six. It says, Knowing this that our old man. Can you see the old man is crucified with him. Now if you read Galatians Galatia 2:20, what did it say? I am crucified with Christ. That's, that's the old man. but nevertheless I live. That's the new man. Knowing this that the old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. So when Jesus died on the cross, the body of sin, Jesus, The body of sin. Jesus, the body of sin. Jesus was the body of sin. You are the body of Christ. Are you catching on yet? We're going to go to Isaiah 53 after this. Jesus is the body of sin. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him or was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. So God destroyed the body of sin and raised to life the glorified body of Christ. Why did he do it? That the body of sin might be destroyed, that we would henceforth no more serve sin. See, that's why why the death took place on the cross, so we won't serve sin no more. For he that is dead... Is freed from sin. Now we, if we be dead with Christ. Well, who really was dead with Christ? See, did you really get it? Jesus. <laughs> On the cross, Jesus was dead with Christ. See, see, you got to understand, there were two deaths. Adam died twice. If you go back to the garden, the day you eat thereof, Adam, you shall surely die. That day he died, but he died spiritually, that separation from God. But also, he died physically at 930 years old. So he died to death. So Christ had, to die, and Jesus had to die. Jesus died in your place. So Jesus died as you. See, all this stuff you're supposed to be writing because if the tape don't come out, you're going to be like, Pastor, what did you say? You, you said, now, what did you say? Get the writing. Praise God. Jesus died for you, as you. That man, Jesus, on the cross was you. He took your place. That's why Peter used it as substitution. So he died as you. Christ died for you, if you keep in notes. Christ died for our sins, but Jesus died as me. Jesus died as a man. Everybody understand that? He came as the Son of Man. He died as me. So when he died, the Father saw me dead. And when Christ raised from the dead, Jesus was in Christ. You wonder what happened to Jesus? He was in Christ. Because Jesus is a soul man. And Christ was a spirit man. So that's why Christ had to die, because his blood had to wash Jesus. That's why they beat Jesus. That's why they pierced him in the head. That's why he put the cross on his head. He had to be bloody from the head to the toe. He was as a lamb led to the slaughter. And blood had to cover from his head to his toe because the blood of Christ washed Jesus on the cross. His washing was your washing. Why would he wash Jesus from his sins? Why was he doing that? It wasn't Jesus' sins. He was washing away. That's why the Bible, the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 5, let's go there quickly. We're coming right back to Romans 6. Don't, leave, don't, don't mess with that, Romans 6 and 6. But for, watch this. Revelation 1 and 5, Revelation 5 and 9. Listen, you got to understand, this was not done for him. It was done for you. He's trying to get you to understand what he did for you. Revelation 1 and 5, watch what they're going to say. This letter here is from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness. And he is the first... Be- Somebody ought to say He's the first what? He's the first begotten of the dead. He's the prince of the kings of the earth. That's Jesus unto him that loved us, that's Jesus, and washed us in his own blood. He washed us from our sins in his own blood. See, Jesus couldn't do it without Christ, and Christ couldn't do it without Jesus. They had to be one. That's why he called him Jesus Christ. And once God raised him from the dead, he's Christ Jesus. But both of those names is for you and as you. So you have to know what God did here. All right. That's Revelation 1 and 5. Let's go to Revelation 5 and 9. Let's show you the other one. That's what I'm waiting on. Revelation chapter number 5 and verse 9. See, when you see this stuff, man, it just jumps out at you. Revelation 5 and 9. And they sang a new song. What was that song? Thou art worthy to take the book and. And, and open the seal thereof. Thou was slain and has redeemed us to God by your blood. What does it mean to redeem us? He, he purchased us. He purchased our salvation. That's why they used to sing, blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste. Glory, divine. It's an awesome thing to know that he purchased me with his own blood. The Bible called him a ransom. The ransom means the one that God used. You don't don't get that. I got to slow down make sure you get this. When When God wanted to purchase my salvation, our salvation, he was looking all around like, Who can I use? What can I use to purchase the salvation for the whole world? What can I use? And the son said, no, man, I can't use you. Woo! But you're the only one that can pray for him, though. Just make me a body, Father. I go and do it. So Father had to use his own son who was more valuable than the sins of the whole world. See, you're going to purchase something, you got to have more money than what you're buying. So the son says, you you can do it. You, you, You can, if anybody can do it, you can do it. And he came here and purchased, bought your salvation with his own blood. See, he had to purchase us from for the father. He had to give his life for your life. Everything you need has already been done. The only thing you got to do now is find out what's been done and learn how to walk in it. That's why it's so important for you to walk in love. Cuz a person who walk in love cannot have the Holy Spirit and if you got the Holy Spirit and you walk in love and not walking in love, you are grieving the Holy Spirit ma'am, sir because God loved us we ought to love one another Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9 says, And they sang a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book, and the the seal thereof, thou was slain, and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood. Out of every kindred, he paid for it all, brother. Every kindred he paid for, every tongue he paid for, every people he paid for, every nation he paid for. And has made us unto our God. King has already made us. Will you ever see it? He has made us under our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. See, you got you to learn how to live right now. That's the same thing Paul gave us in Romans chapter 5. We're going to reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 6. And verse 6 said, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. Christ destroyed the body of sin. He that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead died no more. Death has no more dominion over him. Anybody know where I say I'm leaving, I'm coming back? I said, I'm going to do Isaiah 53. Uh, Somewhere I was, I didn't ever get back. i do Isaiah 53, though. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to get there, but I, I thought I was teaching something, and I said, I'll be right back. That's dumb the kind of thing I'm talking about. Okay, I just finished Romans. Okay, let's do Isaiah 53, 1, because I got like one minute, 30 seconds. Praise God. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 53, who has believed our report, verse 1, to whom is the humble the Lord revealed? He shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He has no form, no comeliness. And when we shall see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. He's on the cross now. He despised, he's on the cross. He rejected a man, he's a man of sorrow. He's acquainted with grief. We hid as if it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteem him not. Surely he has borne our griefs. He carried our sorrows, yet we esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity, and the chastisement of our peace was on him, and with his stripes we are all we like sheep have gone astray the lord and everybody turned his own way and the lord laid on him the iniquity of us all he was oppressed he was afflicted he opened not his mouth he's brought as a lamb to the slaughter as a sheep before his shear is dumb he opened not his mouth he was taken from prison and from judgment Who shall declare his generation? Who's going to live for him now? He was cut out out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. He made his grave with the wicked. With the rich in his death. He has done no violence. Neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed and he shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. My servant will justify them for he shall bear their iniquity. Give the Lord a great big hand. Man, I tell you that I was gone. My time is up. Praise God for us. Good. First Corinthians chapter number 15 and verse 1 says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel, which I preach to you, which also you have received it wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preach to you, unless you have believed in vain. Don't somebody say, I'm saved. For I deliver to you first of all that which I also receive, how Christ died for our sins. According to the scripture, he was buried, and that he rose again the third day. According to the scripture, he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve, and after that he was seen of above 500 brothers at once. After that he was seen of James, then of the apostles, all the apostles. Last of all, Paul said he was seen of me as one born out of due time. Eternal life is so in your future but are you willing to give it all are you willing to do like christ did are you willing to give it all away so you can be with the father for eternity just like jesus did no greater love than this that a man lay down his life for his friends he laid his life down for us once we are finding out that Christ died for my sins, he was buried and God raised him from the dead, are you willing to lay down yours now so you can be with the Father forever? The payment is tough. It was tough for him. But let me say this, it's worth it. One moment in the Father's kingdom is worth all of the junk that you laid aside the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye. That's why I told you I was going to go. First John 2, I said, write it down. Verse 15, 16, 17. Lord, just be mine. All that stuff that we had to get rid of without holiness, you still can't see the Lord. God made you a righteous man so you have no excuse. You can live holy. If you receive his Holy Spirit father I believe Christ died for my sins I believe he was buried I believe God raised him from the dead I receive your Holy Spirit right now so I can live in your presence in the blood of Jesus we pray all the that their says, amen. amen the door of faith is open unto you my time is up I thank you for yours